Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to another installment of GMB. What were the three biggest surprises from the Broncos in the first half of the season as they prepare for the second half this upcoming week on Monday Night Football? We'll dive deep into that on this morning's brand new installment. Good morning, Broncos. The bye week blues are officially over. The Broncos will play football in just about a week from now as they'll take on the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. What were some of the three biggest surprises that we learned from the first half of the season from a player standpoint? We'll dive deep in all that action on this morning's brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos. Hope you poured yourself a fresh cup of coffee this morning here to watch us on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. Make sure you check out all the other action and all the other work we have going on. MileHighSports.com for all your daily written coverage and content. And on top of that, here on the YouTube page, you get the Pick Action Roll podcast hosted by Ryan Blackburn covering the Denver Nuggets. We're playing really good to start off the season here. So with that said, Broncos country, hope you enjoyed the bye week. It was really nice, I think, just to be take have a little bit of a reset, right? I think for the fan base, it was good for them. They were able to enjoy football on Sunday. For me, one thing that I was able to do is I was just able to just reset not even care about football this past week. And it was nice to just kind of reground myself there. And uh, you know what? Now we're all refreshed. We're ready for another week as the Broncos, who entered the bye week with a big-time victory against the Kansas City Chiefs, will now come out of the bye week with a big Monday night football primetime game against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And obviously the Bills and Josh Allen, they played on Sunday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals where they lost. And the Bills this season it's really tough to kind of decipher where they're at because they're such an up-and-down team. What might the Broncos be able to do? I think they're healthy right now coming out of the bye week. We'll obviously hear from Broncos head coach Sean Payton here in a little bit to kind of set the tone for the week, and then they'll practice uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We'll have all the coverage there, milehighsports.com, and then bang, they're going to travel to Buffalo on Sunday, and then Monday night football. It's a showdown there against the Bills here. But you know what? That's for the second half part of the season here. Let's dive into what we talked about as the biggest surprises, three surprises from the first half of the season for this Broncos football team. And first off, let's start off with number one. We're going to talk about undrafted rookie free agent running back Jaleel McLaughlin. Now going back to OTA's rookie minicamp, watching this guy, I was thinking to myself like, hey, this guy, like this is a guy to watch. And certainly he put the consistency together come training camp. He put it together in the preseason. He earned a spot on the 53-man roster. And even in the regular season here, while he's not been the primary back, obviously that's Javante's role here. Jalil has really kind of emerged and immersed himself into this very pivotal role here for Sean Payton. But I think the question we have to ask ourselves here is, how can he involve him even more. You're going to get what I mean here, but let's take a look at some of the numbers here for Jaleel McLaughlin. We talk about just how consistent he is when he's got the ball in his hands. He protects the football, which is the number one thing you want to do. And look, he's undersized in the NFL, but that doesn't matter. He's so smart in terms of hitting the hole, being patient, seeing the block set up. And then he's obviously very good at planting his foot, changing direction and getting skinny inside of small holes. There's Brian Baldinger says it's like smoke through a keyhole when he's running the football here. He's a consistent producer here for Denver's offense. Now, here's the crazy thing about it, right? Let's take a look at the numbers. He's got 38 total rushing attempts, 268 total yards. He's got over 300 all-purpose yards altogether this season, but he's averaging 7.1 yards per carry this season, and he has three total touchdowns, one in the rushing department, two in the receiving game here, 
So he's kind of building a role for himself. But I want to go back to this, right? Okay, I mentioned he had 38 rushing attempts. He's had 97 total offensive plays this season. That's 20% of the team's offensive snaps, according to pro football reference. And so for him, when we talk about that sample size, okay, 97 total offensive snaps. And these are some plays where he's not even touching the ball. He's got 38 rushing attempts, 268 yards, three total touchdowns. So I think the bigger question we need to ask ourselves here going forward, how can Sean Payton get him more involved here in the second half of the schedule? I think this is a huge question. I think this also is a huge priority, but it's not just focused here on Jaleel McLaughlin because, look, while Jaleel has been great, we've seen in the last two weeks that the Broncos have played games against Green Bay. We saw it even in that first game against Kansas City. They, they were able to get the run game going. And I think in the last two games against Green Bay and Kansas City, where Denver obviously won 24 to 9, the run game in the rushing offense for Denver, they've averaged over 145 yards per game on the ground. That's been a good formula for them running the football to set everything else up. And I think this is the formula as we've discussed here on GMB multitude of times here. But I think the one thing that Sean Payton can do is find more ways to get Jaleel involved. Like, for example, you know, there, he had five total carries against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, okay, I, I understand that. Look, you you have certain packages. You're playing a team that you're trying to get ahead of. And look, you've got a lead. You've got to preserve it. But Jaleel McLaughlin is a guy that I think that has demonstrated enough in his showcase that you can trust him. You can put trust into him that, hey, I'm going to hand the ball off to him. He's going to make good cuts. Like, that is where Jaleel is at. Now, for an undrafted rookie free agent, for a guy who's just a rookie in general, the way that he plays, he plays very smart. He plays like a veteran. And I think he's the perfect explosive combination to what Javante Williams' size and power brings to the table here for Denver's offense. So for me, if Sean Payton, let's say, okay, let's say Javante Williams gets 17 carries a game. I like that. That's a good formula. I'm okay with that. But you got to find a way to at least get Jaleel 10, at least 10 instead of five, because look, he had five carries for 45 yards against Kansas City. He could have done even more, in my opinion, in the run game. So just find a way to implement that a little bit more here going forward if you are Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. But Jaleel McLaughlin, in my opinion, has probably been one of the biggest surprises so far to start the season. Can he be an intricate part of what they want to do in order to win on the offensive side of the ball going into the second half stretch, which is going to be tough. Denver's going to face some tough opponents. And look, the NFL landscape, as we saw over the weekend, is very uneven. It's week to week, and we have no idea what to expect. I mean, Denver beat the Chiefs the last time that we saw the Broncos play, and then the Chiefs just mollywopped a little bit. The Miami Dolphins, even though the Dolphins kind of crept back a little bit late, but it was a different look for a Kansas City team that struggled against the Denver Broncos. So what's going on in the NFL this season? I don't have the answers, but you know what? We're here for the ride, and we'll break it all down here on GMB as it pertains to the Denver Broncos. So Jaleel takes our first surprise here. Let's get to our second surprise so far of the first half of the season here for the Broncos. And I think this is a player that we can kind of classify and talk about as somebody who probably made the biggest jump from year one to year two, right? As a second-year player, Nick Benito has been a tremendous surprise here for the Denver Broncos. Now going back to last season, seeing how Nick was like, Nick wasn't even cracking the lineup at all at certain points. And I think that's something that we have to talk about is last year, he was not able to have as big of an impact. Now there was in this small sample size, you saw moments and you saw flashes of it, but I think we're all sitting here wondering like, okay, Denver spent this late second round pick on Nick Benito. How is he going to turn into the guy that they wanted to be if they've got guys like Randy Gregory in front of him? And obviously they had Bradley Chubb before they traded him away, and that kind of opened the door up for Nick Benito to kind of run with a little bit of an accelerator role there. But we didn't see it in his rookie season. And I think a lot of people got soured on his rookie season, but the reality is 
player development is never a straight line. It is up, down, all around, whatever you want to call it. And Nick Bonito is showing that this year. I mean, we talk about a guy who's made the biggest jump from last year to this year. Nick Bonito is the biggest surprise, in my opinion, the most improved player. Now we look at it as well, you know, playing in eight games a season. He started three. Like he didn't, he wasn't the starter going into the season. It was Randy Gregory and it was Jonathan Cooper. But since he's emerged into the starting role, and even when he was in the rotation there, like Nick Bonito was obviously producing at a higher level, which made it easy for the Broncos to say, you know what, we're going to trade Randy Gregory away to San Francisco. We're going to release Frank Clark. We know we have Baron Browning coming back into the mix in the rotation. They added Ronnie Perkins, and the Broncos are investing in this youth movement at the edge rusher position with Cooper and Benito being the two starters. Benito is just showcasing that too, not only just as a pass rusher, you're seeing it also in the run game, right? That was his biggest critique, I think, coming into the NFL, playing at Oklahoma defense. They had him doing a little bit of everything there. And so for him, the transition is in the NFL, you have to be more disciplined, especially as a pass rusher, not getting too far upfield, not getting caught too far underneath. I think he maintains really good gap discipline. But more importantly, one area that everyone had concerns about was edge contain. He's done a very good job. So let's take a look at his numbers here. Uh, five and a half sacks so far through eight games of action. He's had nine tackles for a loss behind the line of scrimmage. So when teams run to his side, they're not having a lot of success doing it. And if he gets a chance to beat the offensive tackle, or if there's a tight end there helping out with the tackle there, he's finding ways to create opportunities in the backfield and bring plays backwards for a negative net gain, which make it a little bit easier for the Broncos defense to maybe adjust on third down, which they have gotten better every single week. So that's a great sign there. 13 quarterback hits so far this season. He's just got the biggest jump overall in confidence, but more importantly, going back to what I said, just the demonstrated confidence, the demonstrated consistency in gap discipline, edge contain, and getting after the quarterback, a relentless motor there. You love to see that. Now they added Baron Browning back into the mix, coming back healthy. Denver's pass rush should be something to watch here for Broncos country going into the second half of the season here. But Broncos coach, we also have to ask ourselves here, what is the third biggest surprise? Who stood out the most for the Broncos in the first half of the season? That's maybe not getting a lot of praise overall. Well, you'll get all that on today's installment of Good Morning Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Superbook Sports. Win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. They will also give you two tickets to the game, plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER here. All right, Broncos country, let's get into our third and final surprise on this morning's fresh installment, freshly brewed Good Morning Broncos here. We were talking about Jaloon McLaughlin, Nick Benito. And look, as you're watching, as you're following along here on MHS's YouTube page this morning, make sure you comment down below your three surprises from the Broncos here in the first half of the season. It may be different from mine. I'm curious to see who you thought was a big surprise. Did I leave somebody out? Or you know, did I make a case that these are the three strongest considerations here for this Broncos team. And as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on Mile High Sports YouTube page so you never miss out on what's going on with Colorado professional sports. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. Our third and final surprise on this morning's installment of Good Morning Broncos, we're taking a look at offensive lineman center, Lloyd Cushenberry. Man, we talk about a guy who's, in my opinion, I think the fan base has been frustrated, you know, for the last couple of years with Lloyd Cushenberry because 
you know, there's areas where maybe he was getting out leveraged, you know, physical strength was being, you know, a little bit dominated through the first part of his career. But we talk about a guy who's also made huge strides this season, I think, in Sean Payton's offensive scheme. I think Lloyd Cushingberry is playing the best football of his career right now, not allowing a lot of pressures, not allowing really any sacks so far on the season. And I think that he working alongside Ben Powers at left, Quinn Miners at the right guard spots. I think these three guys have a very good dynamic between them if you watch it, especially in the run game. Look, Denver's run offense, the run blocking has gotten significantly better week over week. But when you look at in situations where you need something from Lloyd Cushenberry and pass pro, he's bringing it. And look, he put on some weight this offseason. He got stronger, noticeably stronger in the offseason. He's playing the best football of his career so far. And I think it's Another example that development of a player is never just a straight line. Like Lloyd, I think, had his rookie season. He started on the line. He went down a little bit. He went up the next year. He went down a little bit. Now he's kind of, I think, he's seeing a little bit of a bigger rise in his career arch here. And now, look, this is a big year for him. This is the final year of his contract in Denver. But I think he's playing himself right now into a contract extension here for the Broncos. And I I think one thing that we can see that's a notable difference here is that for the first couple of years of his career, we've seen the Broncos offensive line. I think a lot of this too is the struggles of Dalton Reisner, the inconsistencies of the offensive line across the board, not just on Lloyd Cushenberry. I think that has impacted what we've seen and how we viewed the offensive line over the course of the last couple of years, but they are gradually improving. Now, obviously in pass protection, they got to be more consistent across the board, but they are a better offensive line than they were last year. They're a better offensive line than they were two years ago. And so that's progress, right? And I think that's the ultimate thing is you could just never be happy with just saying, okay, hey, you know what? They played one good game. Like they've stacked some really good games on top of each other from a consistency standpoint. The communication is getting better. The offensive line is staying healthy. Like that's a huge consideration here. And, and more importantly, Lloyd Cushenberry is getting the ball to Russell Wilson. You're not seeing any low snaps. You're not seeing any snaps that are going high. You're not seeing any snaps that go to the left or to the right. It's perfect to the base of where Russ needs it out of shotgun. You're not seeing any quarterback center exchange muffs at all this season so far. Knock on wood here. There's still second half schedule remaining, but Lloyd Cushenberry's played really, really well. And in my opinion, I think he's playing himself into a contract extension going forward here this season. I'll be very curious to see what the market is and what that potential contract looks like. But you talk about a guy who's played well enough to earn it. Yeah, Lloyd Cushenberry has certainly done that. And I think that there are questions here. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be available on the free agency market that's going to be an upgrade, right? And I think that coming into the season, I think that was our biggest question. We're like, okay, how come Denver's not looking at, you know, maybe signing this guy? Like they brought in a multitude of guys like Kyle Fuller. Obviously there's Luke Wattenberg who they drafted in last year's 2022 NFL draft talking about, okay, this guy could play center. He could play guard. And when Lloyd Cushberry went down with an injury, Wattenberg stepped in at center. And then obviously he struggled. And so Graham Glasgow replaced him at center last season under Nathaniel Hackett. Cushingberry is playing very, very good. It's almost like, hey, if you don't notice anything going on, that's a good thing when it comes to offensive line play. And so far this season through eight games, Lloyd Cushenberry has not been noticeable in a sense of any mistakes happening, any pressure coming through the interior for Russell Wilson. It's been refreshing to see, and I'll be very curious to see if Denver decides to move forward with an extension for him. And more importantly, for the second half of the season, can the Broncos offensive line keep stacking, keep building to where they're, you know, aiming and hoping to be here under Zach Streif. I think that early on you've seen some of the issues through the first part of the season with the team trying to figure out and gel with their offensive identity. Now they think they're starting to find it. They're starting to establish it. The bye week was a great reset for everybody, yourself, myself included, and more importantly for these players. 
Now they get back to work here this week in preparation for the Buffalo Bills. How does that work? What does that look like? Well, we're going to have you covered every step of the way this week here on Good Morning Broncos. And for those of you that caught this morning's installment, three of the biggest surprises Tomorrow's installment, we're going to take a look at three of the biggest disappointing elements of the Broncos' first half season. You're going to get all that action and more on tomorrow's brand new episode of Good Morning Broncos. Once again, make sure you subscribe to the Mile High Sports YouTube page so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite Colorado sports teams. And also make sure you check out milehighsports.com every single day so you never miss out on what's going on. Boots on the ground coverage from all of our beat reporters at MHS. Every team, every day, Broncos country. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos.